This is what's being handed out to you here. And it's entitled, How We Defeat Satan. How We Defeat Satan. Praise the Lord. And uh, I want to give you some things here tonight to help you to, to know how you, we overcome him, how we conquer the devil, and what the devil's up to, and how he tries to make all of us to slip and fall and fail God. Whenever, uh, whenever the Lord made Adam and Eve, put them in the garden, he made them man and wife, and he began the family. That became the family. And uh, because God instituted the family or marriage, marriage, Satan will do everything he can to try to attack the marriage. Remember that. That's because it was instituted by God. If it was instituted by man, he wouldn't even, he would care, he could care less. But because that marriage was instituted by God, Satan tries to destroy the marriage because the marriage is the basis of a normal, healthy, good, solid foundation for any civilization, any civilization. The second thing that God established in the world was the church, the church. And just as there is the bridegroom and the bride in a marriage, Jesus Christ is the bridegroom and we are the bride, so to speak, you know, language. And the Lord has established that. Praise the Lord. And that's what Satan will attack because it's of God. Now, I'm going to go into some things here tonight that I just threw that out for whatever it might be worth. I'm going to have you go with me, first of all, to 1 Peter 5 and uh, 8. And I want to read this one verse and then move on into our lesson here this morning, this afternoon. And if you look at 5, 8 here, it simply says this, Be sober, be vigilant, for because your adversary, the devil. Don't ever think there's not a devil, because the Bible declares that he is, and Jesus talked about him. For the devil, as a roaring lion walking about, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. So Satan is wanting to try to devour anybody he can whom he may, may is mean he's given permission, not by God, not by anybody else, but by you yourself. You give him permission. So the word may is giving by giving by permission, not what he can, in other words, what he can't do, but what you allow him to do. Now, let me move on here into our Bible study here this morning, this evening. I'm, I don't know why I'm saying this morning here. Look at number one here, Satan cast out of heaven. I'm going to give you his background. So if you'll go with me here to uh, Isaiah 14 with me, Isaiah 14. And I'm going to start reading here verse 12 through 15. This is Isaiah's description here of the beginning of the devil. Look at 12th verse. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer? If you've got a pen underlined Lucifer there, that's his name. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into, the, into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. See, notice here that everything was about himself. Satan was an angel of God. I'll give you a scripture on that in just a moment. He was an angel of God, and he got all lifted up with pride and arrogancy within in himself. And because everything was to worship God, Satan wanted to be worshipped himself. He wanted to be worshipped. He said, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. Verse 14, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds, I will be like the Most High. And this was Satan's attitude. He wanted to be like God, to be worshipped as God, like God. Verse 15, Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. Now let me just say one word, and I just, this is off the cuff here, but hell was designed for the devil, not for people. It was designed for the devil. I can show you that in the Scriptures. And that's where God's going to send all the 
that sent the devil and all those fallen angels. There were angels that followed Satan. Whenever he fell from grace, they followed him, and they were called a fallen him, and they are called today the demons, the demons of hell. And, of course, hell is designed for them. Now, if we as people choose to follow the ways of Satan, that's where we end up. Now, I won't go there any further. I won't go any, into it, but that's a whole Bible study within itself. But you, if you'll walk with God, stay true to God, be faithful unto the Lord, serve the Lord God Almighty, God has a plan by which you can always defeat the devil and put him on the run. Now, so it goes on to say, I'm read that 15th verse here, yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. Now, go to Ephesians 28, 13. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm in Isaiah. Go to Isaiah 14. Yeah. Go to Ephesians 28:13. You know, that's, that's not Ephesians. That's supposed to be Ezekiel. I'm sorry. I didn't, that was a mis, mishap there. That Ephesians is supposed to be, uh, should be Ezekiel, E-Z-K. Scratch that out and put Ezekiel there. Ezekiel 28:13. And I'll start with verse 12 at Ezekiel 28. Everybody with me? We're still talking about the devil now. We talked about him, and Isaiah talked about him here, how old Lucifer was cast out of hell. Now, this is Ezekiel's, uh, the Lord using Ezekiel to tell about him. I'm reading the 12th verse. Son of man, take up a lamentation upon the king of Tyrus. Because notice it says king. If you look at the 28th chapter and verse verse, it talks about the prince of Tyrus. The prince was the ruler of Tyrus. That was a city, a wicked city. But the king of, the, of Tyrus was this devil here. Son of man, take up a, 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 a lamentation upon the king of Tyrus and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God, Thou sealest up the sum full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. Notice 13. Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. The garden of Eden is where Adam and Eve lived, and that's where the devil tempted Eve. And it says here, Thou hast been in the garden, in the Eden of the garden of God. And it goes on to say in verse 14, Thou art the anointed cherub. This is a continuation now. Thou art the anointed cherub. Cherub is an angel. Thou coverest, thou, co thou covereth, and I have set thee so. Thou wast upon the holy mountain of God. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. Thou wast perfect in thy ways from the day that thou wast created. Not born, created. The days thou was created, till iniquity was found in thee. Now, what's the difference between sin and iniquity? Sin is the action. Iniquity is the spirit of rebellion that causes us to act out those things, which is sin. I'll leave that for what it's worth. So in his heart, there was this iniquity. And it says, thou was created till iniquity was found in thee. Verse 16, by the multitude of thy merchandise, they have filled the midst of thee with violence and has sinned. Therefore, I will cast thee as profane out of the mountain of God, and I will destroy thee, O covering cherub. That was the angel, that's what he was, from the midst of the stones of fire. Look at verse 17. Thine heart was lifted up because of thy beauty. Thou hast corrupted thy wisdom by reason of thy brightness. God made him to be a glorious angel of God, and he got all puffed up with that. I will cast thee to the ground, I will lay thee before kings, that they may behold thee. Thou hast defiled, thou hast sanctuaries by the multitude of thine iniquities. Not just one iniquity, but a lot of iniquities. By the iniquity of the, thy traffic, therefore will I bring forth a fire from the midst of thee. It shall devour thee, and I will bring thee to ashes upon the earth in the sight of all them that behold thee. All they that know thee among the people shall be astonished at thee, and thou shalt be a terror, and never shalt thou be any more. 
the devil will come to his end. And I can show you that over in the latter part of the book of Revelation, over in chapter 21, I believe it is, of the book of Revelation, but we won't get that far into it. Now, go to Luke uh, 10, 18 with us. Luke 10, 18. This is where Jesus talked about when he saw Satan fall from heaven. Satan was cast out of heaven when he rebelled against God. This is 1018. And he said unto them, Jesus speaking here, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. So when God cast out Satan, he cast him out of heaven. And Satan was kicked out of heaven because of his arrogancy and his pride. And uh, there was a, a bunch of the angels in heaven that followed him. Uh, I think a third of them, and they were became the demons become the demons that followed Satan, and they are subject. They are subject. Now, Satan and all these powers of darkness will try to cause you to fail God, because they fail God. They're trying to cause you and me to fail God. God has put us on the earth. That's what He did with Adam and Eve. He tempted Adam and Eve, and He tried to make them to feel like they were some some great something, and you know. As God said, you know, challenge God. Now, I'm going to move on a little further. His great sin was pride and self-glory. This was Satan now. Let me move on in here a little bit further here. Mankind's battle with sin, with, with uh, self-glory. Mankind's battle with self-glory. That's what we battle with. Uh, a, mankind's battle with pride. Now, pride is what will exalt the old ego. And that's what the devil will try to have you do is make you feel like you are really a big shot and you are something and you are high and mighty. And this is what goes on in the world, folks. This is why pride is such a contemptuous thing in the sight of God. I want to show you some things here. Go with me, if you would, over to uh, to the book of uh, Proverbs 16, if you would, please. Proverbs 16. Praise God. 1618. This is talking about pride now. Pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Better it is to be of an humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. This is just scriptures that talks about pride. Uh, and I think... Proverbs 29, uh, 29, uh, says something very similar to that. A man's pride shall bring him low, but honor shall uphold the humble in spirit. So there's a contrast between pride and humility. I'm going to read a scripture way over here in 1 James. 1 James and uh, this is 2.15. 1 James 2.15. Praise God. Let me get to it. Yeah, let me find it. Yeah. I'll get there in a minute. I'm sorry, that's John. It's first John. No wonder I couldn't find it. First John two fifteen. I know it by heart. And so many times I've seen it myself. One of the first scriptures I ever memorized. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. Everybody see that? All right. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is of the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Pride of life. is not of the Father, but of the world. This is what Satan tempted Eve in the garden with. He said, you know, if you eat of this fruit, you shall be as wise as God. The pride of life. The Bible talked about how that he tempted her with the fruit. Look at it. It looked real good. Taste it now. See if it's good. You know, 
So we have lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes. And this is how Satan will tempt us and so forth, and the pride of life, making you feel like we are something or we are somewhat. Amen. Uh, go to Hebrews 12.1. This is not in your notes here. This is uh, Just go to Hebrews 12.1 for a moment. Let me show you something here. This is just a little added thought here. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, that's all those who have lived for God and served God ahead of us, they've gone on to be with the Lord, a big cloud of witnesses. Let us, us we who are alive now, let us lay aside every weight and the sin, notice the word the sin, which doth so easily beset us, and let us run the race with patience, it's set before us. The sin, which so easily besets us. Now, what is the besetting sin? Uh, there's all kinds of discussion, there's a lot of different attitudes, and different what different people think or say about besetting sin. Uh, I've often asked myself, could the besetting sin be pride? You know, let me say what besetting is. Besetting is what a, an army does when they surround a city with the walls. And they surround that city, they beset that city. Nobody can go in, nobody can go out, and they war and they bombard that city until they conquer it or until they give up and go away, whichever comes first. And so they beset the city. That's what besetting is. So what is the sin that besets us, that wars against us, fights against us? Could it be the old pride in us, always wanting to be somebody, wanting to be some big shot, wanting to always excel, wanting to be over something or over body or over others, and uh, not having a spirit of humility? And so I'll just throw it out for whatever it's worth. Could it be the besetting sin that Paul was talking about here in the book of Hebrews? Let me move on here. We overcome pride with humility. With humility. 1 Peter 5 and uh, 5. 1 Peter 5, 5. Stay with me here. I've got some good things to bring out to you. Praise God. First Peter 5, 5. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Praise God. Now, another scripture that's very similar to that, that's a confirmation to that, is one found in James 4 and 10. James 4 and 10, that's the one that's right next to it, James 4 and 10. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. Everybody getting what I'm saying here? Is that one of the ways that we defeat Satan is to strive for humility and resist pride, the spirit of pride, and all so forth. Uh, I'm just going to throw this out for what it's worth here. I want you to look with me for in the book of uh, Hebrews chapter 12, 12, 1. Look at this for just a moment. This is not in your notes here. This is just from the cuff. All praise and glory must be to God only. Look at 12, 1. I'm sorry, that's the scripture. I'm look, I want John 3, 8. I'm sorry. John 3, 8 is the verse I want. John 3, 8. I know these people here, but this is not in your notes. So it's John 3, 8. This is where Nicodemus came to Jesus by night. And he talked to Jesus and the Lord said, you must be born again. Must be born of water and spirit. This is in verse 7. Marvel not that I say unto you, you must be born again. All right. 
This is St. John 3. I'm sorry they don't have it on the screen up here. Uh, St. John 3 and 8. Now look at this closely here if you've got your Bibles here. 3, 8. The wind bloweth where it listeth. Now I understand he's tying it in with, with 7. Except a man be born of water and spirit, which is verse 5. And of the spirit he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Verse 7. Marvel not that I say unto thee, you must be born again. And then in verse 8, the wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh. I'm talking about the wind now. And whether it goeth, so is every one that is born of the Spirit. Now, you know what causes wind? Wind is air moving from high pressure to low pressure. Look on the, sometime you're watching TV and you're getting a weather report. Notice here, if there's a low pressure area and there's a high pressure area, all of a sudden there's a wind that's created and the air begins to flow from the high pressure to the low pressure. That's how wind's created. So what I'm trying to say is where there is humility and we put ourselves low, we attract the Spirit of God. If you put yourself high, you you sort of expel the Spirit of God. You try to exalt yourself, you push away the Spirit of God. But whenever you humble yourself, you make yourself low. I'm looking, I'm thinking of high pressure, low pressure of the, of the air. Then you create the wind that comes your way or the Spirit of God that moves. Humility will attract the Spirit of God. Praise the Lord. Now, I'm going to get into some good things here with you. All praise and glory must be uh, to God only. To God only. All praise and glory. Now, go to number two here. God's power to the church. And this is where our power is, folks. I'm going to give you some examples on this in just a few moments here. God's power to the church. Glorify God with praise. Now, we had this experience this past Sunday night. I had my Bible study already designed for this night before we had that service. So it was really sort of like the confirmation that I was on the right track. But praise and worship to God, praise the Lord, is how we defeat the enemy. God has ordained it. God's power to the church. And he has given us that power. He's given us that power. Now I'm going to give you some scriptures. I want you to look in Jeremiah 9.23. Jeremiah 9.23. Thus saith the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, neither let the mighty man glory in his might. Let not the rich man glory in his riches, but let him that glorieth glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me, this is God speaking, that I am the Lord which exercise loving kindness and judgment and righteousness in the earth, for in all these things I delight, saith the Lord. Now, God is the source of everything. Everything. If you're breathing air today, it's because God's given you life. If you exist, it's because God has given us existence in this world. Praise the Lord. If you have a home, it's because God has blessed you to have a home. You've got an automobile, if you've got good health, if you've got shoes on your feet, clothes on your back, it's because of God's goodness and blessings upon us. Therefore, he is due praise and he is due worship. And the devil doesn't want you to do that. He doesn't want you to praise God. He doesn't want you to worship the Lord. He's trying to keep you to keep your hands down. But no, no, no. We say, no, I'm going to worship God. Praise the Lord. You may have a bad arm and you can't raise your arm, but you keep on worshiping God anyhow. You say it anyhow. Years ago, I broke my rotator cuff in my left arm, fell off of a horse down in Argentina, and uh, I couldn't pick my arm up. I had, a, had surgery done on it. Dr. Luke, which was one of the, used to be in our church here, and he's a doctor up in Merritt Island, and he's a specialist in, athletic bone surgery and stuff like that. 
He went in there and he said, you had your rotator cuff completely tore away from the bone, completely broke. And I reattached it. But you're going to have to go through some therapy, and that therapy is going to be very painful, physical therapy. Folks, I couldn't get that arm out. Oh, it would hurt. Oh, it would hurt. And I'd be in church service, and I could lift this one up and praise the Lord. And said, oh, but I said, I'm going to keep on because one day I want to get this arm up. I want to be able to do this. Praise the Lord. And I kept on working at it and kept on. It was painful and it hurt. And I went through about six months of those exercises and all that stuff. And that's a very, any athlete would tell you about that rotator cuff that's ever had that problem, baseball pitchers and things like that. But I'm just trying to tell you here today, <clears throat> praise God, that if you can get both hands up, thank God for that. Amen. And praise the Lord for that. And if you can't get both, if you can get one up, get one up, praise the Lord, and praise God for it. But give God the praise and give God the glory because God is do it. He's worthy of it. He's the only one that's worthy of it. Amen. And that's why the devil doesn't want, that's why he wants you to worship anything else. All these old idols and all of these, these false gods out there in the world is... You know, I think I studied one time the ten religions in the world. And they all got some kind of a guru that's behind them. You know, that says, I'm God. You know, like Buddha and all that kind of stuff, you know. And there's people that worship those kind of people. Well, no, no, not me. God manifest in flesh. He came to this world, made himself known to us. That we might know whom we serve and whom we worship and glorify the Lord. Therefore, let us worship God with all of our heart. With all of our soul, praise God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Uh, look in Psalms 117. I think I'm still here. Psalms 117, 1 and 2. I'm just moving through here. I've got some other things to bring out to you in just a moment. Look at 117. This is the shortest psalm in the Bible. And maybe probably one of the shortest chapters in the Bible. 117 is only two verses. Look at it. Oh, praise the Lord, all ye nations. Praise ye, all ye people. For his merciful kindness is great toward us, and the truth of the Lord endureth forever. Praise ye the Lord. Now, it's just simple as that. Amen. And so the psalmist just said, well said, that's it. I'm just going to give it, say it like that, and just leave it there and, and, uh, and just go from there. Praise God. So what I'm doing here is just pointing out to you here that God, praise the Lord, has given us the word of God in the scriptures by which we might call upon the name of the Lord. Now, I'm going to go to Hebrews 13, 8, 15, I mean, 13, 15. And uh, here's what it says in 13, 15. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise. Now, hear me closely today. In the Old Testament... They would bring animal sacrifices to the altar to be offered unto God. They would bring it. They had different reasons they did. They had different sins they would commit. They could offer these sacrifices unto God. And uh, they had all, I won't go into all, but there's a, there's a, I mean, the, the Old Testament is filled with all of that. So here's all of this uh, about sacrificing and the Lord tells the church, through Paul here, writing, or James, rather, uh, Paul it is, it's in Hebrews. He tells us here that we are to offer the sacrifice of praise. That's how we offer our sacrifices. The Old Testament had animal. We don't do that anymore, but we offer sacrifices of praise. And we praise the Lord. Now look at this 15th verse. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. Continually. Praise the Lord. That is... The fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Praise the Lord. And that's not a big order. But the devil will try his best to keep you from worshiping God. He'll make you come to church and feel you're so tired, you can't praise the Lord. You've had so many troubles, you just don't feel like praising the Lord. Everything's gone wrong today. I don't feel like praising the Lord. Oh, you've never been there? You've never been there? I have, yeah. I've been there when I said I don't, you know, I've, I've, I've lost my job, lost everything, everything upside down. Take off my little jacket, throw it in the floor, fall down in the floor, lay my, bury my face in it, 
Say, God, I don't know what I'm going to do. I, can't, I don't know how I'm going to go. I don't know how I'm going to make it tomorrow. And just lay there and then a few minutes and say, but that's one thing I know. I'm going to praise God. I remember this happened to me one time. And I squeaked out the words, I praise you, Jesus. I praise you. And when I said it, boy, I felt something go through me. And I was so weary. I was so tired. I was so discouraged. I was so despondent. I thought it was all over with for me. I can't make it. I can't make it. And I said, Lord, I praise you. Boy, I felt the presence of the Lord. I said, Lord, I love you. And I felt the presence of God. And I kept on praising God. And an hour and a half later, I was walking around in that room just with my hands up, just praising God. Thanking the Lord, glorifying God, saying, Lord, I don't know how it's going to turn out, but it's going to be okay because your hand is on everything. Because that's what praise does for us, what praise for does for us. When I first came to the Lord, I was 16 years old, and I remember I came, went down to an altar of repentance, went prayed and prayed. And I got, went down there, man, I, I cried a river and I asked God to forgive me. I'm so sorry for sin. I just cried and I was so, felt, I was so convicted. And God was dealing with me. And all of a sudden, in all this prayer, people was all praying around me. I heard a voice in my ear saying, say praise the Lord. And you know what I said to myself? I can't say that. I've never said that. I don't say that. I don't, I don't know what that's like to say that. I, I, I can't even form the words. And I'd hear it again, say praise the Lord. And on this ear, I heard some. I heard another voice say, "Say hallelujah." And I said, I, "I don't know how to say hallelujah." Like the two gamblers that came out of church, and one of them said to the other one, "The word is hallelujah, stupid, not hallelujah." <laughs> hallelujah is a racetrack where they gamble in Miami, just for whatever it's worth. Is the, the, the word is not hallelujah? It's hallelujah. That's well. That was about the way it was with me. I couldn't say hallelujah. But I kept hearing it, and somebody say, say, thank you, Jesus. And I said, I can't say that. They kept talking. These, there were some brothers, and there were some sisters there. And one of them was named Sister Travis. I never will forget. I later learned her name, a good lady, a good Christian lady. I'm sure she'd gone on to be with the Lord now, but I heard the voice saying, say praise. And finally, I said, I'm going to try it. So I squeaked it out, praise the Lord. And, folks, when I did it, man, I felt something go all through me. Ooh. Man, I just felt the glory of God go through me. I said, whoa, that felt good. And I had everything, and I said, praise the Lord. I said, I felt it again. Then I started saying more of it, and I started doing that. And the next thing you know, I started feeling the presence of God is on my feet, standing on my feet with my hands up, worshiping God, praising the Lord. Next thing I know, I was talking in tongues. Now, I'm just trying to say that the Holy Ghost will come by praising God, by praising God. It won't come by begging God for it. It comes by praising the Lord and worshiping Him. When you got everything straight, you say, Lord, I repent of all my sins. God, I've been baptized in Your name, Jesus' name. I want Your Spirit inside of me. And you just start praising God, making praise. Because praise is a mighty force of the church to overcome Satan and to touch the throne of God and have the moving of the Spirit of God come into our midst and come into our lives. Amen. Praise God. Now, this is what God would have us to do. Uh, the irony about a lot of this is that uh, early civilizations like Noah and his three sons and their wives when they came out of the ark, they all knew God. And all they had to do was praise the Lord, their children. Teach them how to praise the Lord. But by the fourth generation, these people had neglected and quit praising and thanking God for his goodness to them. And they had failed to do that. They were beginning to. This is what Romans 1.21 says. I'm going to read it to you. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. So that's why we don't dare stop praising God. If you know God, you don't stop. They glorified him not as God, neither were thankful. Notice how important being thankful is. But became vain in their imaginations. 
all dreaming of all kinds of ideas and thoughts and things. And their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. In other words, here's the tumble, they're going down. And changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to a corruptible man or to birds or four-footed beasts or creeping things. These are all those idols they begin to put up and begin to worship. Verse 24, wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. He's talking about homosexuality here. I won't, you can read it further on about it. He talks all about it here. Who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. So here is generations in the past that fail to worship and glorify God that they miss it. Praise the Lord. Now, God's power to the church is that we glorify and praise the Lord and the early civilizations didn't do it. Now, I'm going to move on here. I've got some good things to give you here. David discovered the power of God through praise and worship. Now, look at this very closely here. Note. The word praise is found only once in Genesis and only four times in the law books. Did you know that? You find the word praise only one time in the book of Genesis, the whole book. The big word there was was faith. They learned how to believe God and have faith in Ella, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and so forth. And, uh, and, and all of those, that, and Noah, and so forth. Faith was a big word with them. But not praise. And it's found four times in the law books. And I'll just add this, and this, this is Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Only four, in those four books, the word uh, praise is only found four times. And, of course, it's found twice in the book of Judges. That's not on your notes there, but twice in the book of Judges. And from then on, that's all that they have. Seven places that the word praise is found before you get to David. And when you get to David, David learned that about God. He learned that about God. And, of course, David, of course, began to understand this and going to worship. Well, look at B. When David was still young, he came to realize that God's protection and advancements in life were based on obedience to God's word and that God alone was due all praise and worship. He knew it was appreciating the word of God. He wrote about that, you know, that word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. He talked about all of that. Now. David fought a lot of devils. He fought all kind of battles in his life. And for 13 years, he ran and fled from Saul and trying to become king that God said he was going to become. And when finally, see here, when David became king, he made praise and worship to God a number one priority. Now, folks, this is a very interesting thing because... It's at this point that we begin to read about praise to God. So much in the Bible, it was all came from God, uh, from David. David seemed like he had a new handle on this thing. He understood God, that if we would praise God, God could would do mighty things for us. That's why he went out against Goliath like he did. He learned that over there with those sheep and worshiping God in the nighttime and taking care of the sheep in the night and in the daytime alone in the valley there. And, and he would just learn to worship God. He was so appreciative of the word. He would say, God, I thank you for your word. How beautiful is your word. I praise you. And he'd feel God and he felt the presence of the Lord. And whenever Samuel went there to anoint the one to be the next king, the Lord said, it's not all these other brothers of David. It's David. He said, bring him in. This is just his sons. So they brought it, David, you know the story and everything. And then later he went out against Goliath. But he had this confidence that God, praise the Lord, was the one that, that would be able to do all things. I'm going to move on here very quickly here. So when he was young, he, he came to realize that God's protection, advancements, uh, were based on the obedience to God's word and that God... Uh, 
alone was due all praise and worship. When David became king, he made praise and worship to God a number one priority. Now, I just will tell you this. I'm going to read a couple of scriptures here because the time's getting away. And that's this. When David had the tabernacle brought into Jerusalem, he put singers there to sing songs of praise unto God. He put people to read words of praise and prayers unto God. He had this praise thing going all the time. He just had it going. He just had it. The tabernacle is just not going to sit here and then they're going to come here and offer sacrifices, you know, whenever daylight comes and all that stuff. No, no, no. We're going to have this praising the Lord going on. In the morning, there's going to be these praises. And he appointed singers and he hired singers and paid them. Your job is to sing praises. And that's why he wrote all these psalms that he did. All the psalms was not written by David, but he wrote so many of them. He wrote many of them. And there were many others written after him and so forth. But my, my point here is that David, praise the Lord, began to say, we're going to worship God and we're going to praise the Lord. Now, I'm going to read these verses of Scripture very quickly here just to show you here how that with David, praise was everything. If you look in Psalms 135, 1, 135, 1 uh, through 3, look at this verse of Scripture. Praise ye the Lord, praise ye the name of the Lord, praise him, O ye servants of the Lord. Ye that stand in the house of the Lord, in the courts of the house of our God, praise the Lord. For the Lord is good, sing praises unto his name. Okay, we read it all, but to them it was put into music. And, uh, and this is the way it began to go. Uh, look at 146, 146, 1 through 2. Praise ye the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. While I live, will I praise the Lord. I will sing praises unto my God while I have any being. Look at 147, 1. 147, 1. Praise ye the Lord, for it is good to sing praises unto our God. For it is pleasant, and praise is comely. And in going to 148, 1. And reading down 48 through 1. One forty-eight, one through 5. Yeah. Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise him all ye angels. Look at that. Praise ye him all his hosts. Praise ye him sun and moon. Why? Because he made them. So if you can praise God, praise God because your existence came from God. He's worthy of all praise. So praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all ye stars of light. Praise him, ye heavens of the heavens and ye waters that be above the heavens. Look at verse 5. Let them praise the name of the Lord for he commanded and they were created. So God was due all praise. Look at 49, one. Praise ye the Lord, sing unto the Lord a new song, and his praise in the congregation of the saints. Look at verse 3 of 149. Let them praise his name in the dance. Look at that. Let them sing praises unto him with the timbrel and the harp. Praise the Lord. Some people get up and they start worshiping God and they start dancing in the spirit. That's okay. Praise the Lord. Praise him in the dance. Hallelujah. The world has their little dance out there. I walk out, we can have our praise and worship in God and, and dance in the Lord. All right. Praise the Lord. One fellow was a dancer and he said he left the world and got saved. And he said all he did was change partners. <laughs> Quit dancing out there and started dancing with God. Praise the Lord. Look at 150. I'm going to read this all the way through. It's only six verses. Praise you, the Lord. Praise God in the sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the psalter and the harp. Praise him with the, the timbrel and dance. Praise him with the stringed instruments and organs. Praise him upon the loud cymbals. Praise him upon the high-sounding cymbals. They didn't have a PA system, but anyhow, they, they did as loud as they could with what they had. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. That's the way the Psalms ends with that. Now, what I'm just simply pointing out to you here, folks, is that 
David, praise the Lord, learned the value of just praising God. Now, I want to say this for you, to you, for all of us here, and then I'm going to read two other verses, and we're going to finish this up. <clears throat> That's this. Don't let anything keep you from praising God. When you come to the house of God, worship the Lord. Don't try to balance your checkbook. Don't try to do things on your cell phone. Don't sit there in a grumpy old mood. Don't sit there and say, oh, I can't think of anything that I, praise the Lord, or I just don't feel like it, or I had a rough day on the job today, or the kids were all this way and that way. No, sir. I'm in the house of God. I'm going to praise the Lord. I'm going to praise the Lord. When you're driving down the street sometimes, just praise the Lord. Don't close your eyes. Don't close your eyes and praise the Lord. Just drive and say, praise the Lord. The Lord, I love you. I glorify you. I thank you for all your blessings. Just praise the Lord. I praise you. But when you come to church, folks, let's praise the Lord. And when the person in the pulpit says, let's all praise God, let's praise him. Let's praise him. Because that's what this is all about. That's what David discovered. They didn't discover that in that Old Testament until David came along and he discovered praise. And whenever he did, folks, they had the power of God. David's Israel grew by ten times the size of it under David. Because David learned to praise God and God blessed him and blessed him and blessed him and blessed him and blessed him and, blessed him and kept on. And when Solomon, his son, came along, those blessings spilled over into Solomon's life. And they, they were just blessed beyond measure because they learned to praise God. I'm going to read this to you right now. And this is in Amos. Amos 9, 11. See, that was a tabernacle. And then it was in Solomon's time that they built a temple. But in David's time, there was always just the tabernacle. Now look at 9, 11. In that day will I raise up the tabernacle of David that is fallen. Wait a minute. What is the tabernacle of David? I know what the tabernacle of Moses was. Yeah, that's the church in the wilderness that God gave Moses. What's the tabernacle of, of David? David's tabernacle was that same tabernacle of Moses that he brought into Jerusalem and began to put praise into it by giving people jobs to praise God continuously around it. In the morning, they would praise the Lord. In the evening, they praised the Lord. They praised God for this. They sang praises. They had singers. They had People are praising God all the time in that tabernacle. And it came to be called the tabernacle of David because there was a praise continuously going up. And you know what? That was the blessings of God that continued to fall upon Israel. And he kept right on falling. Praise God. All through David's reign as king, he reigned for 40 years. The blessings of God fell on, 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 on Israel and did bless him mightily. Praise the Lord. Now, over in the book of Acts, and this is my last verse, and I'm going to wind up with this. Over in the book of Acts, it mentions this, and this is interesting here. This is in 1516. 1516, this is our last verse. After this, I will return and will build again the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down. Now, he's quoting here from Amos that we just read, Amos 9:11. This is James talking about it when he said that the Gentiles now are getting saved. And is that of God? And he said, yes, absolutely, this is of God. They, they, they weren't, these Jews were not sure about the Gentiles, some of them. And James and Peter and the apostles all said, no, no, this is God's plan for the Gentiles also to be part of God's family on this earth and everything. And then he said, and he was talking about it here in these verses. Verse 16, after this, I will return and bring and will build again the tabernacle of David, which means that he's going to bring back praise, praise and worship to God, which is fallen down. And I will build again the ruins thereof and I will set it up. Praise the Lord. And so this was where the New Testament here quotes and says that this is what that and that's what where we are today, folks. And so this is all about a tabernacle of praise. Let me just say it this way. Thank God for our church. I thank God for the church. Your comfortable seats that we have and everything, the PA system and the lighting and, and uh, the air conditioning. Thank God for the air conditioning. It's overtime. All those things, you know, 
And we could come in here and just praise the Lord and worship God. But if we didn't have any of this, we're due, he's due all of our praise and our worship and our glorifying him. Praise the Lord. So I want to just say here today, don't let the devil steal your praise. You know how you defeat the devil? You know how you defeat him? You worship God. You praise the Lord. You glorify him. And he'll say, psst, psst, psst. oh, you don't need to be, you're too tired. Psst, psst, psst. You had a bad day. Psst, psst, psst. Remember the kids are doing this, they're acting up. Psst, psst. They're doing this. Remember, you, know I mean? you and your wife, you, know, you had a few words today. Psst. That's all right. Go to church and worship God and praise the Lord and say, honey, I'm sorry. And everything, sorry. And you, you be the one to say, I, I apologize. You know? that, if that ever happens. I don't know if that ever happens to anybody, but it ever does. I'm just... <laughs> I'm just, I've been married now for a little while, so I pretty well know that it does happen. But can I just tell you here, folks, praise God. Always worship the Lord. Don't let anything hold you back. And I wonder if we could stand right now and just lift our hands up and worship God and praise Him. And I thank God for that Sunday night service we had of praise. And, and uh, they won't all be just like that, but we keep on praising God. Lift your hands and just worship God and tell Him you love Him. Tell Him you praise Him. Tell Him you thank Him. Oh, Lord, you're so good to us. God, we're so unworthy of you. Oh, God, we're saved by your grace, your grace, and your mercy upon us, God. Thank you, Jesus, for your hand of protection upon us. Thank you for coming to us Gentiles, God. Thank you for extending grace, God, to we who are not a people, but you made us to be your people, God. And, oh, Lord, we're going to keep on praising you, Lord, because you're worthy of it. Oh, Lord, you made heaven, you made earth. You made the sun, the moon, and the stars. You know the number of all the stars. You know them all by name. Oh, God, we praise and glorify you, Lord, and we'll never be quiet about it. We'll keep on talking to you, Lord. And we thank you, Jesus, for your many blessings upon your people. And we give you the praise and the glory and worship.